Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Hello, welcome everyone. This is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey, everyone. Really interesting topic today, one that I actually am kind of secretly dreading. We're going to be talking about purging to move and the PCS timeline. For those of you who are in the midst of this, who are getting ready to move this year or maybe just recently have, you understand the stress. For those of you who get to stay in one place for this year or for the foreseeable future, congratulations. And I hope that you are having so much peace with staying in one place. Hopefully it is a place that you are enjoying. For the rest of us who are still sort of living this life of moving, this is going to be a really great conversation today, but also I'm, I'm secretly dreading it for you know my own reasons of getting ready to PCS. Later in this episode today, we are going to hear a little bit from our sponsor for today, Navy Mutual. But for now, let's go ahead and get started. Like I said, we are gearing up for PCS season here in my household, as are many military families. And we know through different research and different data that's out there and available, the average PCS costs a lot of money, even though you may have movers move you or even though you might have a, a move that's reimbursed. There are a lot of hidden costs of PCSing. I think the number is between $2,000 and $5,000 per move. And we do it quite frequently. We move every couple of years. So as we're getting ready to move, we know that there's potential for unreimbursed expenses. How can we actually prepare our households for the move? Okay, today I'm going to break it down in sort of two different ways. First, we're going to talk about months and weeks before your move. Now, for today's conversation, I'm going to be talking as if you have movers coming, right? If the, if the military is moving you, if you're using TMO, if you're going through that traditional process, that is what this conversation will be for today. Now, if you're doing a personally procured move, used to be called a ditty, then some of this will still apply to you, but obviously your timeline's a little bit different and some of the recommendations I'll make of how to get ready for movers won't necessarily apply because you are the movers for yourself. So you still might find benefit from listening, but not all of it will be seamlessly for both groups of people, both moving yourself or having the military move you. Now, first, let's get into talking about what to do in the months and weeks before a move. You may or may not have information about your new location. Ideally, you have information. You might be like us, know the next place, but not have paper orders in hand, right? So that happens a lot where, hey, we pretty sure we're going here, but the, the orders haven't been cut. So one of those things first to be aware of is what does the receiving location look like? Are you going overseas? Are you going stateside? For us, we have included overseas and stateside in every one of our last three moves. This one will be from an overseas location back to the States. So coming to our overseas location, our base has a lending locker. So I didn't have to worry as much about sending an unaccompanied baggage because I knew that there were going to be things here that I could borrow while we waited for household goods. On the receiving end for us, going back stateside, we're not going to have a lending locker for those kinds of things. So that changes it a little bit. Now, for those of you who are unaware, when you move overseas, first of all, the military will ship one of your vehicles. If you want to ship both, you have to pay for the second one. Or if you're going to Alaska, you can drive it or ferry it up there. But they will ship one vehicle for you. So that is an ease for a lot of people. They'll ship one and, and then drive one. 
when you're going overseas, you often want to send an unaccompanied shipment or unaccompanied baggage. And what that is, that's separate from your household goods. That total weight still factors into your total weight for your move. But those are items that might get there sooner before your total household goods, you know, coming over on the barge or or however they're getting to you. And those are typically things like, you know, a pot, a pan, some linens for us here in Alaska, blackout curtains, sleeping bags, air mattresses, those kinds of things that you'll need to kind of set up shop in your home while you're waiting for your goods. Again, different people do it different ways. We've sent unaccompanied baggage once and our household goods showed up the next day. So we haven't done it since then. We've just used Lending Locker or, you know, asked friends or, or that sort of thing for help in each location. So first thing to know is, are you going somewhere that you want to send unaccompanied baggage if you're going overseas? Does your place have a lending locker? Is it a location with a lot of population? Maybe you can get an Airbnb or find you know, an extended stay hotel. Is there an option that's available that fits your budget that is going to allow you to sort of wait for your household goods? Or do you have room in your car or how you're traveling to bring some of those things, to bring the air mattress, to bring, you know, a, a crock pot, instant pot, to bring blackout shades, that sort of thing. So sort of before you decide, you know, getting ready for the move, what do you need to have when you arrive in the new installation before your household goods arrive? What do you want to have with you and accessible and how do you want to plan for that? So that's the first thing. Once you've determined that, I highly recommend brainstorming what you want in that first night box. And I always keep that one out separate. That comes with our household goods. This is separate from the unaccompanied baggage, but we usually will pack up a first night box and it is linens for each of the beds, mattress pad, blackout shades for here in Alaska, but just those simple things, a towel for each person. And we'll have those things all in one tote labeled first night. And I know that, hey, the first night that our things arrive, this is the box I wanna make sure I get open. This is going to allow us to sleep on the beds and be able to shower. It's going to have, you know, shower curtain. We usually buy a new liner, but it's going to have those things in it that we need, maybe the shower hooks, so that we can get set up and get functional as we unpack in our new location. So decide if you're sending unaccompanied and then have that first night box. And then sort of take inventory of your items in your home. What do you have that's really durable and solid that can kind of, you know, survive falling off the truck into your driveway? And I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. And what are those things? Maybe your your flimsy, you know, department store bookshelf that you got for $37 that might not survive the move. Do you want to risk it? Is that something you want to just offload here and replace? So sort of taking inventory, maybe you have, we had a toddler who was transitioning to a big girl bed. And so we kind of pushed the edge on that toddler bed. And when we packed out, we kept that in our do not pack items and we we let her sleep on that. And then when we left, we just didn't take it with us. And in the new location, she started on a new bed. So sort of taking inventory of what things are you no longer going to continue to have in your home so you can get an idea of, is this something I want to put on the curb for free? Is this something I want to sell? What does that timeline look like? When can I get rid of those items? For us, we will not need blackout shades in our new location. However, we're moving in the middle of summer. So those will stay with us as long as possible. And those will be offloaded at the last minute here in Alaska to another family who is looking for blackout shades. So those kinds of things, you know, sort of start getting an idea. Again, this is in the weeks and months before movers are arriving. You're just taking inventory. What do I want to keep? What do I want to offload? What do I want to have accessible the first night? And then start going through and sort of packing up those seasonal items. Meaning when you take down the Christmas tree, when you're putting away Easter decor, when you're getting out your summer stuff, take inventory of that. What do I want to keep? Actually, I don't really love this 
American flag Santa that we have. We can donate that to your office. That's going to be a great Christmas decor for them to have and not have in our home. Yes, that's the thing that happened for us. What things do I not want to keep? And also packing those things up in a way that they will survive the move because here's the trick. Anything that is prepackaged, like your decor or maybe old baby clothes in another size or, or anything like that, that you have packed up yourself, the movers are not liable for those in the same way because they did not pack them. So you can't claim them the same that you could for something they put into a box. So anything that you're packing up, you want to one, make sure you're not wasting time and weight on things you don't want to keep, but two, you're packing them in a way that they will survive the move. So again, those are the weeks and months getting ready for your move is just starting to inventory, get an idea. What do you want to have with you on the road? What do you need to have accessible before your household goods arrive? Or maybe after you've sent your household goods, before you leave your location, what things do you want to have? And it's sort of starting to get that plan. Maybe keep it in a note on your phone. Maybe you have a planner. You could open a Google Doc that you could access from any device, something like that, so that you can get those swirling thoughts so they're not circling back to the front of your brain all of the time. Instead, you can write those down, brain dump them, and have that plan. Okay, we're going to pause here, and we are going to quickly hear from today's sponsor, Navy Mutual. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high-quality, low-cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Now, we've already talked about PCS and purging and the timeline and what to do in the months and weeks as you're preparing. This is specifically for your household, so not planning your your travel and the plane tickets or the, the ferry for us from Alaska. Hotels, we're not talking about that. We are talking strictly household goods. We're not discussing how to find our new house or the utilities or the school for the kids because I feel like we would need many, many podcast episodes to cover all of those things. Today, we're talking specifically packing up your home. So now that we've talked about sort of how to get ready in that long term beforehand, what should you do in those final weeks? This is like less than that one month mark, right? So two, three weeks, the week before your movers come. Again, we're talking as if you have movers coming in to move you. One thing to be aware of is that starting this year in 2023, there are restrictions on lithium batteries. Now, there have always been restrictions on batteries. That's always been something that, you know, is removed from electronics, should be packed separately or self-carried. But there are restrictions on lithium batteries, and you can go online and find that information because it's very specific. But there are things that that's going to impact, like power drills, if you have battery-operated, you know, rechargeable power tools or drills, if you have a hoverboard, if you have an electric scooter, if you have a rechargeable vacuum, if you have any of those things that run on battery power that are wireless, you're going to want to pay attention to whether or not those are lithium batteries and whether or not you're going to need to self-transport those. So be sure to look up that regulation and know that expectation before the movers are showing up and saying, we're not taking this. You definitely want to be prepared and have a plan. Okay, in those last couple of days and weeks before your movers come, one of the things to consider doing is taking all of your wall decor down. So pictures and you know framed art off of the walls. If you've put up removable wallpaper, bookshelves, any of that, sort of getting that down and either keeping it in the room that it's in or maybe you put all of your framed art together and all of the, you know, from everywhere in the house, it all gets, I don't know, stuck in the dining room, I think we did one time. And it was 
against the walls in the dining room. And whoever was packing that up was able to just pack all of our art all in one place. It doesn't really matter, but you're going to want to get that off the wall, have the nails or the hooks or whatever you use to hang those things, have that already off the wall and done. That's going to make the pack out process a lot easier if that is ready to just be wrapped up and put in a box. Another thing to think about is grouping similar items that are small. So we have children and with that comes lots of toys, things like Legos. We have a play pretend kitchen set. We have matchbox cars, things like that. We get the big one gallon or two and a half gallon bags and we put, say, all the kitchen play pretend food in those giant bags. And they're right there with the kitchen set. So when somebody packs that up, they'll box up our kitchen set and they'll take these giant bags and I write on it, play pretend food, bag one of two or one of three, bag two of three, bag three of three. So I know when we're unpacking, one, I'm not digging through a box of a bunch of random toys that are dumped in there, but two, that makes the unpack a lot easier because, okay, here your play pretend kitchen set is set up. Here's the bags of the food. Go ahead and put it away. And that lets my children who are still fairly young be involved in the process. That has really saved us. All of our little totes and things that we use to organize the playroom, we just kind of bag that up. That's usually one of the last rooms I pack because I use it to entertain my kids in the interim. But if you have those little plastic drawer totes that hold you know, paper or scrapbooking supplies or craft supplies, you'll want to take those and just tape them. Tape across the front so those drawers aren't opening and spilling out all those contents that you've organized. Just tape those drawers shut across the front. Make sure that you're bagging things up. Anything like that that you want to keep separate. If you have lotions and they're willing to move those for you, put those in a bag. I usually like to take any undergarments that we are not keeping out for the move. And I like to put those in a bag because I feel weird about somebody, you know, packing packing my undergarments. So things like that. Just go ahead and just put those in a bag. You can use vacuum seal bags or gallon bags, really whatever works for you. But start thinking of those things that you don't want to reorganize or don't want to have to dig through a box for and group those together. I've also done that. I've taken our silverware tray and saran wrapped it, right? Or put all of the silverware in one of those big bags. I've taken all of our kitchen utensils straight from the dishwasher the last time we used them, put them in the Ziploc bag and put it back in the drawer. So when they pack up that drawer, it's just the bag. And then when I get to my new location, the silverware, the kitchen utensils, those are ready to use. I don't have to wash all of those from being touched and being wrapped in paper because I was the last one that touched them because they were in a plastic bag. So these are ways that can kind of help on the unpack side. It is a lot of prep work on this end of the move, but it really does make getting settled into that new location a lot easier. Again, I'm selective with where I I use these techniques. I like to have my first night box. I want to get everyone in beds and everyone being able to shower. I like to get the playroom set up quickly and I like to get the kitchen set up quickly. After that, I can take a couple of days to assemble the rest of the house or a couple of weeks or you know, maybe a couple of years to get to that last box. But point being, choose what is most important to you to be able to quickly get up and running and then do a little bit of prep work that's going to make that easier. In those very, very last few days before the movers come, maybe even the night before the movers come, uh, separate your do not pack items. So in our current house, we'll use our under the stairs storage, which has holiday decor. We'll move the decor to the garage and that catch all will just be where we just throw random things and oh, you don't want them to take that stuffy? Okay, put it under the stairs. And that will be our do not pack. And there will be a big sign on the front that says, do not pack this room. Don't go in there. Nothing in that room is coming with us, right? That's where I'll put cleaning supplies that I'll use to clean the house before we leave. All of that will sort of be separated. And you'll want to make sure that your trash is emptied, that your washing machine has been drained from water because they will move it with old gross water in it. So you want to make sure that that has been unplugged, that has been drained, 
and that all of your laundry is clean because yes, they will pack up dirty laundry. They will pack up the trash. The packers are not in charge of determining whether or not you want something packed. Yes, they will pack your toaster. They will unplug it and pack it with food in it that you toasted this morning. Okay, so you want to make sure that you have things ready to go in a box. Trash removed, clothes are clean. Everything is put away where it goes so that when you're unpacking it, you're not finding a random pair of sweatpants and tennis shoes that someone left in the living room and you can't find them in the pack out because they should be in the bedroom box, but they're in the living room box, right? Or the bathroom box where someone dropped their dirty clothes before a shower. So just be intentional about having things in their place so that as they get packed up, they are being labeled properly of where they came from and where they will go in the new house. And then lastly, disassemble anything that you don't want them disassembling or that you don't want to be moved intact. Perfect example, we have storage shelves in our garage. They're wonderful, but they will not survive the move put together. And it takes a lot longer for the movers if they're having to pack up stuff and also disassemble furniture. So we will be disassembling that in the day or two before the movers arrive. We'll take the totes off, we'll set them against the wall, and we will have that ready to be wrapped up and loaded. Same thing for our dining room table. We've had table legs damaged. We will take those off and have those ready to go. The benefit of disassembling things on your own is one, you can do it with care and also you can keep track of those parts. So you can take those parts, put them in a Ziploc bag and tape it to the bottom of the table, tape it to one of the storage shelves, tape it to the bed frame and you're no longer looking for the spare parts box because your parts have been taped to it. Now that is not realistic if the movers are there doing it for you. The downside is Anything that they don't take apart, they don't have to reassemble on the back end. So if you have taken something apart, you are going to be responsible for putting it back together on the back end. Some people might prefer that, some people might not. So be choosy with which things you're going to take ownership of and take that brain space and that time to do. And then lastly, keep out important documents. So have a PCS binder, have, you know, those copies of orders, copies of ferry tickets, plane tickets, unaccompanied baggage, a copy of your household goods inventory, passports if you need them, lodging receipts, all of that stuff you'll want to have in a binder. And if you do a quick Google search, you will find so many resources that have made PCS binder tabs and ideas. You can find them on Etsy and print them off. You can find ideas on Etsy from one brand called Team Box Ops, which is labels for the rooms and the boxes of and they're color-coded labels that go on the boxes that you can say bedroom one. And I know that bedroom one is, is for, you know, child one. And it's a bright green sticker. And a, when you get to the new house, a bright green label goes on that door handle. And anybody who gets a bright green box goes to the bright green room. So that can really make that a lot easier. Again, everything is going to get out of your house. Everything's going to be packed up. It's just a matter of how much effort do you want to put in to make the back end a lot easier. We had one move early on where half of our goods it was chaotic and we won't get into it, but basically everything just got sent into the garage by our packers because the loaders were there and the packers weren't done. And so half of our household goods got labeled Campbell Knickknacks Garage. And it was things like baby clothes and our towels and kitchen appliances, but they just moved it all to the garage and labeled it as such. Again, not necessarily their responsibility to know where those things go, but moving with a one-year-old and two-year-old overseas and unpacking by myself through an entire shipment of knickknacks from the garage and determining what was what and where it goes was quite overwhelming. So now a little bit more prep work for me to get ready so that the back end of that move is less chaotic. Typically in your sending location, you'll have friends or acquaintances who can help with kids or who can you know, help 
take some of those items that you don't want or really just be that assistance in that community for you, it is harder oftentimes on the receiving location. You might not know anybody. So giving yourself as much ease in that transition and simplifying the back end of the process really can help that transition be as smooth as possible and ideally not as chaotic or not as stressful. And lastly, I know I said this before, but during the move, so we talked about months before, weeks before, you know, kind of getting ready for the movers to show up during the move while your movers are there, make sure that you're watching anything that you don't understand or anything that you see as questionable, ask them, ask, why are you doing it that way? Or why is this? Or where is this? Or, Hey, I'd really like this packed this way. Make sure that you're asking those questions and asking for help. I know some people feel uncomfortable just standing around and watching them pack. So walk around, keep an eye on it. If you're using those labels, you know, you can go around and label boxes, document anything that is of concern. So you have the right to contact your transportation service provider, your TSP with any concerns, document any damage to your carpets, to your walls, anything that happens to your structure or to your household goods. Make sure that you're cleaning up afterwards. So I wouldn't waste a lot of time deep cleaning your house before the movers, but go ahead. You're going to clean floors and clean walls and all of that. If you were in a rental or even if you own your house, you're going to want to get it ready for whomever will be living there after you. And also very important, do not tip. Do not give cash to the movers. Many families will offer to have snacks available or drinks or have lunch, you know, order in lunch for the team. Those things are all totally acceptable, but I cannot stress enough. Do not tip. Do not leave valuables accessible. So any controlled medications, any pain relievers, muscle relaxers, anxiety medications, anything that's a controlled substance or requires a prescription, do not leave those open to access. Be mindful of your jewelry or any valuables because while we want to trust these companies, the companies don't always have a lot of say in who is being hired for day work or who's being brought into your home. And so unless you know personally the people packing your things, just err on the side of caution and be really protective of those things and don't set anybody up for dishonesty or, you know, create opportunities for trouble. So sort of be protective of your things and, and just be mindful of that is, is what I will say there. That is everything for PCS Purge and PCS Timeline. Like I said, it is something I have been dreading because I am in the thick of it. And sometimes I just want to bury my head in the sand and <laughs> pretend it's not happening. But we love sharing this information with you and we love hearing from you what things you want to learn about, what recommendations you have. Please share this and comment what things you would add to this list. What ways do you prep for a PCS? Maybe something that others don't do or something that we've left off of this list. We would love to know and share that resource with all of our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. We appreciate the feedback and comments that you share with us as we support our military community. Thank you all so much for being part of the Mill Housing Nation. We appreciate you. The Mill Housing Nation is where you always have a community, no matter where you are stationed.